Hey guys, it's announcement time. There's a few really important announcements that everybody needs to listen to. Okay. So enough of the serious face. Hey, this Wednesday is our family fun night. We'll start at 5.30. We're going to have our bounce houses and human foosball. It's really a great time, so I'd encourage you to be there. Also very important, we need volunteers to make that event successful. You can sign up to volunteer on the app or the website, so please do it. You must do it. Please do it. Hey! Also, uh, Bible studies are super important. A couple of quick announcements about those. The men's Bible study that normally meets on Monday nights uh, will be taking the month of August off. So no men's group meeting on Mondays. However, the ladies will be starting a new study uh, August 8th. Uh, it's Priscilla Shirer's The Armor of God Study. So that'll be really good, ladies. That starts August 8th at 6.30 here at the church. Also coming up this month, we have a newcomer's lunch. Uh, that'll be August 7th. Uh, that's going to be right after the 11 o'clock service on the front deck. If you haven't joined us for a newcomer's lunch, that's a great opportunity to meet us here at the staff. You can talk to me. Uh, there will be some light refreshments. It'll be a really fun time. So that'll be after the 11 o'clock, August 7th. Later on in the month, there's a movie night. It's The Bad Guys by DreamWorks, August 26th, 6.30. That's a great time. Free movie, free popcorn. You won't want to miss it. Uh, I'll have a jam night planned at some point soon. We had a great time at our jam night this last Wednesday. Lots of great musicians and vocalists and worshipers there. Keep downloading the app. Uh, that's enough announcements. I'm sort of done. Are you done with announcements? I I'm done. Let's get ready for church. Ready? Everybody, three, two, one. Woo! Come on, guys. Good morning, everybody. Uh, joining us online, we're glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop into worship, and it's going to be great. Uh, we're so glad to have you with us. Then uh, we're continuing on in our series on the fight, uh, which is about spiritual battle. We'll be in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. So get your Bibles and get a coffee and get comfortable and get ready, because here we go. Woo! Good morning, everyone. You guys sound pretty awake today. I'm proud of you all. Good job. And also, you're here, so I'm also glad to see you. All good, all good things. Yes. Assuming they're here, they're awake. Yeah, you know? and I mean, yeah. even if they're online, they're awake, so. Yeah, for sure. Well, we are glad you're here, and I hope you're enjoying some coffee. I've been, I try to not drink coffee on Sundays because I need all the water I can get, so I just go around smelling everybody's baby's coffee. I don't know if that's weird, but I don't get in your face about it, and I just do it to people I know, so. <laughs> So hopefully that's not weird when I smell your coffee, Doug. Anyways, um, I'm going to tell you what we're attempting to do. Stop embarrassing myself. We are going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to their Sunday school classrooms. And we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in the fight part three. And uh, it's been really good. And I'm very excited about it, but let's pray first before we get anything going. Holy Spirit, would you come? We love your presence, Papa, and we are here for you. We thank you for all the little touches you've given us this week. 
reminding us that you're close by, that you're with us. Papa, as we lean into the fight this week, into our understanding of what's going on around us, Papa, would you keep our hearts soft and our ears open this morning? We want to be changed by your word. So help us to be good receivers. (laughs) Papa, we want to show the world your great love for them. So help us to draw closer to you so we can reflect you back into the people around us. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name. Increase in us true faith and devotion. Nourish us with all that is good and by your great mercy, keep us faithful. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together. And I'd encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst here today. We're going to see the words on the screen so it's easy to sing along with. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. It's time to worship Lay down 
everything within me Still you draw me near How precious are your thoughts about me When I'm far or when I'm close Where can I go from your presence? I can never escape you I run to the mountains You are there in the valley of shadows Oh
so so thankful for this time of worship in your presence god you're so good to us lord we love you and lord as we're here in your presence i'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word lord god would you anoint the words that are spoken to us that are taught to us use those words god to stir up our hearts towards you and holy spirit I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Okay, good morning, boys and girls. Really? Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Hi guys, so we are continuing our story from last week. Remember that David, we found out that David last week did something horrible. Do you guys remember anything about it? Well, it was about Bathsheba, right? And how David has seen her and he took her, right? And he, he had his, her, husband killed and that wasn't good so we find that david is now writing to the lord he wrote a psalm a song a psalm is like a song or a poem that people write to worship god right and then this psalm psalm 51 right god tells david tells god that he's sorry for what he's done and he says god Show me great mercy because of your loving kindness. He says, wipe away everything that I have done wrong, right? He says, because you love me. He says, my sin is messy, Lord, right? Make me clean. And he continues to tell God in this song, I, good job. I have done so many wrong things, Lord God. I have sinned against you, right? I have disobeyed your commands, Lord. And I have... But you are right to judge sin. You always do what is right. Show me what is right. Right? He says, <laughs> make me wipe away or take away all my sin, Lord God, and make me new. He says, wash me and make me white as snow. And then he tells, and then David realizes and is really upset because he knows that his sin has just made him so sad. He feels really bad about it. So then he tells the Lord to take away his sin and his guilt. And then he says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. You see, David felt really bad about his sin, and he asked God to change him, 
And God, right, can take away, God can change us. And he, when we tell God, we can talk to him about our sin, right? And he will forgive us because Jesus died, right, and rose again, right, to take away our sins and change our hearts so that we can be with him forever. Isn't that amazing? Super amazing. Okay. So, guys, together we're going to do the Bible verse. Are you guys ready? Okay. Psalm 51, 10, and 11. Psalm 51, 10, and 11. Good. Create in me. He created me. A clean heart, O oh Lord. A clean heart, O oh Lord. Renew. Renew. A loyal spirit within me. A loyal spirit within me. Very good. Do not banish me. Do not banish me. From your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Your Holy Spirit from me. Excellent job, boys and girls. Uh-oh. Children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Pastor Georgina, you were competing against baby Charlie there and you weren't winning. Thank you. Okay. Sure. You're welcome. All right, guys, you guys ready? Now we're going to talk to the Lord. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Ready? One, two, three. Abba, Father, thank you so much, Lord God, for taking care of us, Lord God, for protecting us and providing for us, God. And today, Lord God, I pray that your kids will understand, Lord God, the great love that you have for them and that you forgive us of our sins, Lord God. And I pray that they realize that they can talk to you about this. They can confess their sins to you and you will forgive them and give them a fresh new start. In Jesus' name. Amen. Excellent. All right, guys. Amen. Go have fun in children's church. Speaking of children, uh, this Wednesday night, family fun night, and I just want to get this right off the bat. So uh, family fun night is... uh, we, it's, our, one of, it's one of the main ways we are trying to reconnect with our community. You know, after COVID, a lot of things change. And a lot of people moved into the area. There's a lot of families, and we want to meet them. And so quarterly, we're doing family fun nights where we take all the chairs out here. We put in all our bounce houses. We have a bunch. We have the food truck out front giving away hot dogs. And, and uh, it's really a cool event, and we've had a lot of people coming. We need a lot of volunteers to make that work well. So like at least 30 volunteers. And, uh, and so they're on the app, there's a place where you can volunteer if you have the app or you can go to the website and it says, you know, volunteer for family fun night. Please volunteer. Be here. Uh, it's Wednesday from 5.30 to 8. We need you here a little bit earlier if you can volunteer when you show up. Find Pastor Georgina and uh, tell her you can help. And my, the best thing would be we have far too many volunteers. And if there's not something specific for you to do, you can just hang out here and be ambassadors, right? Meet new people, say hello, welcome them, make sure. That's huge. And it goes a long way. Being hospitable, yes, is, uh, is what we want to be. So that's this Wednesday. Invite people. It's a great, uh, great free event, all right? And great for all the people in the community. If you are a first-time guest, that code that just popped up is for you. 
if you pointed your smart device at it with the camera on, it will give you a link to our digital connect card. Uh, there you'd be asked for your name, phone number, email address. We'd love for you to fill that out. Over the next five or six weeks, you will get a series of texts and emails from us. It will uh, give you information, ask you questions, do all kinds of cool things. We also have a gift for you back in guest services if you're a first-time guest. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out. Also, we pray for our neighbors. We do that corporately when we gather, uh, encouraging the habit of you doing this all the time. My hope is that you are every day praying for your neighbors, driving into your neighbor, driving out, hanging out, having a cup of coffee. Just think about your neighbors and pray for them. And then uh, we do it together. So think about a couple of your neighbors, and let's go to the Lord. Papa, we pray for our neighbors. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, and that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us to be good neighbors, God, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep it up. That's the best thing we do, praying, 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 praying for our neighbors that they would come and know Jesus. We're continuing on today in our series called The Fight. This is about spiritual battle, and uh, I'm going to not break up sort of the introduction, so we're going to go right to the jokes, and uh, because I know that it's the the best thing. (laughs) I read about this guy who invented a thought-controlled air freshener. Seems crazy, but it makes sense when you think about it. Multi-layered joke there. I dropped a tub of butter on my foot last month, and it still hurts. I can't believe it's not better. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. I'm done. I'm leaving on that note. Please pray for us. Yes. Lead us in the reading of the word. Happy to do that. Let's press in, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Father, I do pray that you would shine through all our shadows today. And that if we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you would guide us and light our way. Father, I pray that no matter what's going on in our lives today, we would feel you and know that you're with us. That there's hope. That there's always hope in you. And that light at the end of the tunnel is you. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of Genesis, and this is chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub, shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. And then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Blessed be the word. You guys can be seated. 
Okay, so I have a lot that I want to get into today. I really want to try and cover Genesis 1, 2, and 3, which is like almost impossible, but uh, we're going we're gonna to take a stab at it. So quickly for review, remember uh, this series is about spiritual battle, and ultimately we're going to talk about the armor of God, but I didn't want to jump into that without laying and taking some time to really lay a good sort of theological foundation for why there is a battle, for why there's evil, for what in the world's going on, for, for what's it all about. Uh, and so we are jumping back all the way to the beginning, back in Genesis, to look at how all this unfolds. Uh, and remember, we started the series before this on purpose, Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, that those things, you need to be really settled in those things before we begin to engage in spiritual battle, or else we'll get way off track. And so we, uh, we began uh, two weeks ago, and I gave you some uh, terms that you need to know, and I can't go over them all again. If, you, if you've missed these things, you really should go back and listen. But just, just real quick and briefly here, uh, cosmology, remember that's uh, our understanding of how the universe was created or formed. That's what that word means. And we all have a cosmology, and it, it, we, we could actually be quite different in the way that we see how the universe formed, that's fine. But the, the people whom the Bible was written to, in particular Genesis 3,500 years ago, they had a cosmology. They had a way of understanding things. It would be different than ours. And one of the things I, I really keep trying to um, make a point of here is that when you read the Bible, you have to read it um, in the best way that you can, understanding the people it was written to and the time it was written in. The Bible was written for you, but it was written to them. And part of what God would know is that we'll be able to understand the Bible more as we think more like the people it was written to. They had a different way of looking at things. Don't read the Bible like a textbook or, uh, you know, a rule book or anything like that. You have to read the Bible as divinely inspired literature that is the most amazing thing. And if the Bible doesn't yet come alive to you like that, I'm going to keep plugging away until I hope that you, you grab it and that you start to read it and you, you just begin to see things as Holy Spirit opens up and you get caught up in it. I would love for the Bible to become like watching reels on Facebook to you. Those of you that do that or have ever seen TikTok, you know how seemingly you, you think, oh, I'll spend a minute, boom, and the next thing you know, two days have passed. And they know what they're doing. The Bible's better than any reels, I promise, or any TikTok things. But, but oftentimes, because we've tried to force our worldview and our thoughts on it, we, we don't let the Bible say what it's really saying, which is just fascinating, and how it's all tied together. So, so I want you to get that. So cosmology, and I said for, for this, let's just say heavens and earth, the way they would understood that would be divine space and human space. Okay? Just keep it simple. Uh, and then we talked about cosmic temple, and God's heart was to create this place where heaven and earth connected, where these spaces overlap and connect and are together. And so we, we looked at that. We'll talk more about that as we go. That in the creation of this cosmic temple on the sixth day, he put his image in there. That's us in the temple. And when you think of imagers, think of it as a verb. We, um, we partner with God. We, we represent God on the planet. We co-rule with God. That's, so it's way more of a verb thing than anything else. We introduce the Elohim, which is God's spiritual family. And I've talked about that at length, but we'll, we'll catch into that again. But, but if you, again, if that, 
term, you know, God is an Elohim, but he's El Elohim. There are no other spiritual beings like God. He created them all. But there are other spiritual beings um, that we find in there. We talked about free will, which is God's heart was to have family. He doesn't need family, but it's God's heart. And so he had a spiritual family, and then he wanted a human family. And he wants to connect and be in relationship with beings like him. Not exactly him, but like him. So he gives us his attributes and qualities, and among them are free will. And really, free will was the dangerous one, but it was the one that we had to have. Could God wants to be in relationship with beings who choose to be in relationship with him. And you can't choose to love and obey God if there's not some other choice to make. There has to be an alternative choice, and that's what free will gives us. And unfortunately, as I said, we've chosen, all of us, badly. And, and so that's how evil gets introduced. So you have those concepts that we're working from as we dig in now to uh, the book of Genesis a little bit. And I had Alice read out of Genesis 2, and as you're reading Genesis 1, 2, and 3, one of the things that you might be reading as you read Genesis 2, it's like, well, I thought all this already happened in Genesis 1. It, well, what's going on? Didn't I just read these things happen? He already made uh, man over here, and he already made plants over here. What is, what is going on? We have a tendency to read books the way that we read books, is that they're always laid out in chronological order, and they always flow and make sense that way. The Bible wasn't written like that. Divinely inspired literature, it, it, it often starts with things, and then other things come and feed into it, and will expand on it. And it, you, you don't have to get all weirded out by it. It's just something that you need to look at differently. So a lot is happening in the story that um, we're expanding on. But let's, uh, let's get into the garden and what's going on there as we talk about the Garden of Eden. Now, the garden, this, uh, this cosmic temple that I, I often will call it, was a specific place on the planet. God created the planet. It was all good. But Eden was different than everything else. Eden was this perfect place where God was, we were, spiritual family was, we were hanging out together, we're supposed to enjoy one another. God's plan from the beginning, and the plan hasn't changed, we've just messed up the plan, but it's still the plan. God's plan was he would make this planet the way he did, and then he would partner with us to make the rest of the planet like Eden. That's the plan, still is the plan. And if you go and read Genesis, I mean uh, Revelation 21, 22, you'll see the plan, that, that, that the heart of God uh, is still in effect, and there'll be a time when everything is renewed and heaven and earth will connect again the way intended. But the original plan was, here's the planet, we're all going to hang out, we're going to work together, and we're going to make all this planet amazing like it was. We're going to choose and go a different direction, and that's going to happen here. It begins in the garden. Uh, but there's a lot of things that are sort of taking place there. So, so we've got this perfect place, the garden, we're there, God's there, spiritual family's there. And uh, we're pressing on, and we're, we're kind of seeing how God does some things. Again, more information in Genesis 2, 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. You've heard me say this before. We were sort of cosmic gardeners. That's what we were going to do, and it was going to be our vocation. And the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. There's the alternative choice. Everything is yours. It's all good. Tree of life's here. Tree of, stay away from this one tree. Um, because if you eat from it, you will certainly die. And you, he's going to eat from it. And you go, well, he doesn't die. Spiritually dies at that moment. Everything changes. Definite deal. 
And the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. And the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. And he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. So the man gave names to all the livestock and the birds in the sky and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. And so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. So, Here's this amazing story. Um, God's heart is for uh, man and woman to be joined uh, in, in a special way. And so all of the creation story is about that and how they sort of complete one another. And the, the beginning is, is just how God wanted it. They're, they're naked and there's no shame. It's a picture saying everything was good. They're hanging out with God who comes and walks in the garden. God himself comes and walks and they get to hang out and they get to hang out with one another and their relationship is perfect and there's no stress and there's no striving and there's no jealousy or anger. It's just, we really can't even, we can't really totally imagine it but because of all the mess. But that's what they had going on. Adam and Eve are the, the human family. They represent the human family of God. So they're there. God's there. The divine family's there. So far, everything is good in what's taking place. And we're happy about that. And so um, it's very cool to think about that God created us, and we're fit for his presence when he created us. We get to hang just like the spiritual beings. All is well. We're with God. God's with us. That's how things start. Now, I want to back up just a hair, uh, back into Genesis 1. And you can do that because of the way things are written. We're, we're just going back. And we actually looked at this passage a couple of weeks ago, I believe, in Genesis 1.26, where it says, let us make man in our image. And, and God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them, and God blessed them, and said to them, be fruitful, and increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. Now that, that's the admonition that we're given. That's the, the way that we're going to partner and rule with God. That's what he wants us to do as his family, that verse right there. Be fruitful and multiply. Go and make more people and then fill the planet and we're going to work together and we're going to make the planet like Eden. You're going to rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So we're co-rulers. He's given us that authority and that's how he set things up. That's the amazing stuff, uh, promise that's going on. Now, there is something in that passage, though, that I think is interesting uh, besides that that I want to look at. Let me go back. Uh, when God says this, let us make mankind in our own image. So uh, who's the us? Who's he talking to? Now, I often, initially, I always thought that the us, and, and you might think that it's okay, that the us was a reference to Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Oh, there you go. There's the Trinity. Um, and yet, if you think about it, really, the Trinity exists in a way that it doesn't need to talk to itself out loud like that. 
God didn't know to tell Father and uh, Son and Holy Spirit, hey, we're going to do something here. They're, they're connected. That would have been known. And there's a better reference really to Trinity in Genesis 1, uh, 1, 2, and 3, right? God created the heavens and the earth. Spirit hovers over the water. God speaks. There's the word, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So uh, I, we don't really need that. But now after the last couple of weeks of sort of looking into the Scripture, we see that, that, that this is most likely the, the spiritual family. He says, hey, because uh, they, they were created in the image of God, not, but, you know, with his thing. Uh, and he said, hey, we're going we're gonna to make man. We're going to start this human family. It's going to be really cool. We're all going to hang out together, and it's going to be neat. And we, we read in Job a couple of weeks ago, it said that the, they rejoiced. Uh, and so I think the us is referring to, he's t- letting the spiritual family know what's about to go on uh, as he makes and, and creates, and he gives us the admonition to go, and we're going to rule. And apparently, even though Job says that the, the sons of God, the angels, rejoice, at least one of them wasn't happy about this development. There's one Elohim that's not in, at least one. And we'll find out more later as we go that it's more. Um, but, but here's where things begin to change, is that one of these Elohim, one of these spiritual beings, beings decides they don't like this plan, and they're going to try and preempt it. They're going to try and get it stopped. And the plan is that uh, he's going to tempt Adam and Eve to make the choice that they're not supposed to make, to choose to go their own way instead of God's. It looks like his hope is that in response to that, God will just go, okay, this was a bad plan, and wipe it out. He doesn't respond that way. But the evil one is successful in tempting Adam and Eve. Let's look at that story in Genesis 3. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. It's interesting, too, the serpent reference. There's a lot going on there. Um, but it, 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 we were just told, mankind, that we would rule over the creatures that move along the ground. We have authority, and yet one of those creatures is going to come and usurp our authority. It's part of the dynamic in the picture. Uh, and he said to the woman... Did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. Eve knew the same rules that Adam knew. Either Adam had talked with her or God had told her directly. But she knew that this was, a, this was something they were told not to do. And look what the enemy said. Ah, you, you won't certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. See, here's the, here's the, the trick, the trap, the temptation. It's getting set up right there. And here, the ultimate choice is you have this opportunity to partner with God and live with him forever in this amazing way. Or you can choose to go your own way. And that's the choice that's put before them. It's put before all of us. And all of us at some point have chosen to go our own way. But it's going to happen here. And when the woman... Remember I told you this too. Temptation. The big three the enemy always uses. You can almost bank on them in, in your own life. If you, if you would take some time and study it, you'll see he does the same thing over. He does it here. He does it with Jesus. didn't work with Jesus, but it worked here. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes. Pride of life. Over and over. The woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh, pleasing to the eye, lust of the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, pride of life. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. 
And, and let's just make sure we get the picture here, um, because for years, sometimes the people have tried to make this all Eve's fault. Where was Adam when this happened? With her. That's not added. That's not there. That's the language. He was there. Adam is just as involved as Eve is in this process. He was there. He could have said something. They could have stopped it. They could have talked about it. Could have done a lot of things. This was a choice they make. It looks good. Hey, let's go our own way and let's see what happens. And the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. At that moment, everything changed. They, they died spiritually at that moment when they chose to go their own way. Introduced into the world at that moment were two things that hadn't been there, the power of sin and the power of death. And they come sweeping in and it changes everything. It immediately changes their relationship. It changes how they feel about themselves and about others and about God. Everything is changed in that moment because they're separated from God. Everything is different. See, there's consequences for rebellion. That's what we're reading about here uh, in in, the this whole dynamic and what we're going to continue to look at. So uh, they violate the command not to eat from the trees. Uh, They've sinned. They've lost life, eternal life in God's presence. Ultimately, they're going to be expelled from the Garden of Eden and cut off from the tree of life. And every human born since then is also born in that same state, separated from eternal life with God. We born separated in that state. And, And you can read more about that in Romans 5 and the New Testament, and you catch some things going on. But let's continue then to see what happens uh, in, in what's taking place as this story goes on. And so they've, they're hiding, right? And the, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden, which has always been a great thing. Can you imagine? Whoo! God's come for a walk. I don't know if you'd do that or not. I don't know. I don't even do that when I'm walking. I should probably start. Okay. In the cool of the day, and they hid. That's new. From the Lord God among the tree, like they can actually hide from God. Some people think that they, you can't hide from God. And the Lord calls to them, <clears throat> where are you? But God knows, right? God knows everything. Hey, what's going on? And uh, Adam says, well, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. I didn't want you to see me naked, God. All of a sudden, it's an issue. I'm hiding. But he's uncovered, right? Everything has changed. He knows everything has changed. And God said, well, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? He knows what they've done. Now, here enters one of my favorite sort of passages. And uh, and it's, it's horrifically sad, don't get me wrong. But it's so sort of common to what we do when, when we're caught doing something or when we've, we've been, you know, we're kind of in the headlights, if you would, we have this tendency to try and blame somebody else. Uh, I always call it the Adamic proclivity. We don't like to take, we, well, there's reasons why I did what I shouldn't do. And uh, Adam is the best because he's actually going to deflect it two ways. He says, the woman, you put here, you, the woman, you put here with me. She wasn't here before. None of this was a problem. I, you, I know I was excited when, when you put her here, but now look at what's going on. Really your fault. Her fault, your fault, somebody's fault, not my fault. You guys relate to that? I love that story. She gave me some fruit from the tree, so I ate it. So the Lord said, what, 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 if, what is this you've done? Well, the woman's run out of options to who she can blame. The serpent. <laughs> he deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord 
God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals, uh, animals, and you will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That one verse, Genesis 3.15, you should highlight that in your Bibles. It's the beginning of the crimson thread of redemption. It's the plan God had in place before the foundation of the world. He knew it was going to happen, and he announced it here. This is the, this is the sort of the picture of the battle of the evil Elohim that exists and us as people. It all starts here, and it's pointing to what Jesus is going to do. He's going to come crush their head uh, on our behalf. And, uh, you know, the enemy will strike at his heel. We see that picture of the cross, but that's a big deal. To the woman, he says, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband. He will rule over you. To Adam, he said, blessed, uh, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. Uh, Something going on here that you need to see. So remember the vocation that he was, what we were going to do. We partnered with God. He says, listen, go, be fruitful and multiply. And expand all over the earth and subdue it. Go and take care of the garden uh, that, that we've made. Make family and go. That's what we're supposed to do. With God, that was going to be cool. It was going to be part of the deal. You know, God's heart is to provide and make things happen. You know, the heart of God for food was that you, it would just always be there when you wanted food. You, it, it, and now, both those things are outside of, without Him, they're very difficult. Child bearing, rearing, gardening, eating, the things that we were partnered with are now very difficult apart from him. And I've had people a lot of times, and women go in particular about child, why is child bearing? Why, why did that happen? What was going on? And I get that that's a very um, child bearing. I mean, I've never done that, but I have, I have watched it a couple of times. And it, it looked very painful. <laughs> the only th- my hand got hurt in... <laughs> Childbearing is very painful to the man's hand. <laughs> um, my, it's, I was just so I'm way off topic here, but that's okay. So yesterday, so we we're going to have a pot roast today after church. We're very excited about it. in a crock pot. I'm not supposed to talk about crock pot meals because apparently it ages me. I don't care. So. We have to, we're going to get it together yesterday so that when I wake up very early in the morning, which I do, I'll be put the power on. It'll be nice and ready when you go home. Very kind of look forwardy thing, right? And, uh, and so Alice begins to prepare. And I say, hey, yeah, I, let me help you. And she goes, no, thanks. So what do you mean? I, I love to help you. Usually, you know, chop the vegetables and stuff. And she goes, I don't like the way you do the carrots. <laughs> so, what do you mean? Because I, I make carrots in chunks, and I usually, if I'm cooking, I leave the skin on, because that's a good part. She goes, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> so if you want to get out of prepping food, leave the skin on the carrots. She likes nice little chunks. Anyway, that's not the deal. All right. The, but part of that picture is the, the, the pain in, in childbearing is that because of the fall... The family unit is now not what it was supposed to be. And it's painful because of the consequences of the fall. So immediately after Adam and Eve 
fall, the sin happens, their relationship is distorted, right? They're blaming one another for things. They're not, they're not cohesive the way they were. Their kids, one of them's going to kill one of them. That happens next. And it's the fallout of what takes place in the family, and it's, it's difficult. Think about it. Those, those are the things that we deal with. It's, it's, all of that is in there. It's the, the breakdown of the family unit the way it was supposed to be, and we, we experience it, and it's painful. It's the breakdown of the relationship that we're called to have to love and honor and cherish and protect and do all the things that we're supposed to do, and all of it falls apart on uh, at that moment and the ground then becomes difficult it will produce thorns and thistles for you instead of just being there when you need it by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you will return there, there was a price to pay for rebellion but there's also something else real quick I'm almost done when you read through that, I've read through this a lot, and we talk a lot about being under the curse and what that means. But if you go through and read it again, I want you to notice something that I think is significant. Who is actually cursed in what takes place? The first curse is the enemy. He's cursed. And then the earth is cursed. The ground is cursed. Adam and Eve are not cursed. You know, there's consequences for rebellion. Don't get me wrong. But I think that's significant because God never gives up on his family. They're not just wiped off. The enemy doesn't get his way and that God says, I'm done with them. Uh, he continues on and we'll see how he continues on. And there's always a plan that's going to end up in Revelation 21, 22. But the consequences of rebellion were that the human family has been kicked out of Eden. They're separated from eternal life. They're separated from God. Everything is different. There are consequences. Rebellion. And you would think that understanding there's consequences for rebellion would sort of get rebellion stopped. It actually gets worse. And you're, you're going to, how? We're going to look next week at the flood. Genesis 6. Please go read Genesis 6 if you can. And, and we're going to talk about who the Nephilim are. It's usually a question people have. Who are the, who are the, where do they come? What's going on? Genesis 6. And then it gets even worse the following week when we look at the Tower of Babel. And, and when you understand how the Tower of Babel fits into what's going on in the spiritual battle, it changes the way the whole story is framed. And it just really begins to open things up. So that's where we're heading. But I think that's certainly enough for today. Uh, and so look at that some more. What's going on? There's the story. That's how the battle has begun. And uh, we're, we're in it now. Next week we'll be talking about the flood. Read Genesis 6. But that's enough for today. Ministry team, those of you here want you to head over to the wall. People in the way over there are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything before you go, let someone pray for you. But all of this story is ultimately about knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that God would make a way for us to be reconciled back to himself. And and he comes and does it for us. He he takes on flesh. He becomes us, his imagers. Goes to the cross, defeats sin, rises from the dead, defeats death, and makes us a way back. Our whole part in, in connecting with him is just realizing that's what he's done. And we're to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you've never done that, I want to encourage you to do it right now. Best decision you will ever make. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And when you ask him and he comes, Holy Spirit will come and fill you and everything starts there.
best decision you will ever make in your life. Amen. That's where the enemy's defeated. He is defeated. However, he's not departed from this world. There will come a day when he's departed, and we live for that. We live for the, the new creation, that there's no entropy and there's no death. But right now, the enemy is defeated and not departed. And it's kind of why we're, we're learning about the, the fruits of the Spirit, and you're going to go into the armor of God, correct? Yes. Amen. All that being said, ministry team is at the wall. If you need ministry, I have one thing the Lord's been pressing heavy on my heart, and it's about um, someone that's grown up in the church. You grew up in the church. You know about Jesus. It's not foreign to you, the the talk, but you've walked away, and you haven't come back. And I, I don't know if you're online or you're here, but the Lord just wants you to come home. You're a prodigal. He runs after prodigals. He loves to welcome prodigals home. So if that relates to any of you, say the prayer that Steve prayed this morning. Amen. Amen. Good job. Thank you, church, for your uh, faithfulness, your generosity. Thank you for all the things that you do. Uh, What a partner it is. What a blessing it is to partner with you. What a partner it is to blessing with you. Yeah, that's really working out for me. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you again. Uh, ministry teams over there, let's sing doxology, and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, all Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. These doors will be open for you. Head out that way. Ministry team is over there if you need anything. Looks like a nice day. Get out there, catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be thankful for some stuff. Encourage. Blessings. Bye. Stuff. Be thankful for stuff. Yeah, always be thankful for stuff. Thanks for watching Genesis six next week, and uh, the flood. Oh, it's there's fascinating stuff that happens in Genesis six. Yeah. Hey, do you know what today is? Sunday. Yes, but it's also the last day of July. So enjoy your August starting tomorrow, everybody. Have yeah, a great week. Christmas is like right. Go- ah! Love y'all. Bye. <laughs>